Circumstance, not to scar, but to mend, not to break, but to bend, and not to know, but to understand. Where there is faith, there is a chance. Good morning. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Seventh Sunday of Epiphany, as Carl said. And you, uh, you notice we've put on your bulletin now the order of service, so you actually know what we're doing ahead of time. And everything will be projected for you. You also notice one new thing in the sanctuary this morning, and that would be this microphone right over there. So you know what that microphone's for? It's to pick up your singing. Okay? So all the people online, they want to hear you sing. So we put this microphone over there and it'll pick up your singing better than before. Are you ready for that? You're going to sing? All right. It's good to be together. Pastor Chris is going to be preaching for us this morning. And uh, we're going to be uh, coming forward to share in the bread and wine of Holy Communion. It is good that we are here. If it's comfortable for you, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn, When You Send Forth the Spirit, We Are Renewed. Um, Carl's going to start singing the, uh, oh, we have a bell choir first? Nope. Oh, they're just standing up. The bell choir's with us as well, and I thought I just had a miscue. But uh, <laughs> Carl's going to sing the, uh, refrain, or the verses, but as you are comfortable, join him in those verses as well. Uh, when You Send Forth the Spirit, We Are Renewed. Refrain happens twice each time. When you send forth your spirit, we are renewed, we are renewed. When you send forth your spirit, we are renewed, we are renewed. 
manifold your works, O God of might, maker of the earth, the air, the light, waters great and wide and all therein, creatures that abide, let life Responsive reading for this morning as projected for you. We have come from our homes. We have come to God's house. We gather with our sisters and brothers. We are the children of God. We stand before God. We come in brokenness. We have no secrets from you, O Lord. You know our pain. You know our regrets. We have sinned. You. We have sinned. Our sin has left us. The sins of others has left us. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for forgiveness. Our hymn of praise, You Are Holy. We'll sing through it twice.
thank you this morning for the invitation to gather in this place to worship you. We thank you for the privilege of sharing the journey with the beautiful and flawed people of Trinity Lutheran Church. Send now your spirit that our spirits might be renewed. Send now your spirit that we might be inspired to love, to forgive, and to serve. We pray in the name of our foot-washing Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading is from the 37th Psalm. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their ways, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Yet a little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in the abundant prosperity. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their refuge in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and rescues them. He rescues them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
It's good to see you again. I'm Pastor Chris, and it is a delight for my wife and I to call this our church home, and it's an honor for me to be speaking to you from our gospel text this morning, which comes out of Luke. You may remember, if you were here last week, how Pastor Jim set us up by leading us on a kind of tour to a level place where we listen alongside those disciples of Jesus who came to this level place, this place that Jim described as a place of brokenness, not a high elevated place of privilege and power, but a level place. And as Jesus scans the crowd of people who have been gathering before him, he knows exactly how each person hurts. And he knows that hurting people tend to hurt people. And so this is what he says after he introduces his sermon. He says these words, I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. And if anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. In our lives, there are many, many ways that we can experience hurt and harm from other people. And every time we experience hurt or harm from another person, we are faced with a choice. How will we respond? There are some natural forms of response that we can kind of just get out of the way. Am I going to hold a grudge? No. Am I going to fume with resentment? No. Am I going to grow in bitterness? Well, that's not a good option. Well, how about, how about if I hurt them back? That's always a pleasant idea, isn't it? Well, Jesus offers us a much better way. It is a practical way and in 30 years of pastoral ministry, I would say it is a neglected way and a much misunderstood way. And we're talking about Jesus' way of loving our enemies and forgiving those who have hurt us. Now, there is a lot of misunderstandings about forgiveness. Real quickly, here are some things that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is, first of all, not conditional. It's not based on our assessment of how sorry they are, how repentant they are. If they're sorry enough, then I'll forgive you. Uh, or if they promise never to do it again, well, then I'll forgive you. Forgiveness is not conditional. It is an act of unconditional love that reflects the unconditional love that God, our Father, gives to us through Jesus Christ. Unconditional, without regret, and without having to earn it. Secondly, forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. It's not saying, oh, it's okay, you didn't really hurt me. It's merely a flesh wound. <laughs> Any Monty Python fans out there? <laughs> Genuine forgiveness does not deny the hurt or pretend that the hurt did not happen. Thirdly, forgiveness is not resuming a relationship without changes. Forgiveness is not the same as restoring a relationship. For a relationship that's been broken to be restored, the person who hurt you needs to do a few things. They need to demonstrate repentance by a change in behavior. They need to make restitution whenever possible for any damage that's been done. They need to rebuild your trust slowly over time. That's restitution, but it's not forgiveness. If somebody hurts you, we are obligated by God to forgive that person for the harm that they have done. But it does not guarantee that the relationship will be restored. Forgiveness does not guarantee that the relationship will be restored. 
For instance, an abusive alcoholic spouse repeatedly beats his wife. The wife comes to her senses and says, no more. I'm drawing a line in the sand. You are hurting me. You are hurting our kids. I need you out of here. You're gone. The guy comes back the next day and says, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm so ashamed. I feel terrible. Please forgive me. Please take me back. Yeah, I'll forgive you, but I'm not going to take you back right away. There's a whole lot of restoration of trust that needs to be established before we can even begin to have that conversation. Forgiveness addresses the damage that's been done, but it doesn't guarantee that the relationship will be restored. And finally, forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. Have you heard the cliché, oh, just forget and forgive? Forgive and forget. Well, it's silly. It's illogical. You can't forget. Every memory is stored, some repressed, some conscious, but they're all there. And how do you forget something that you're focused on? You can't. You can't. You can't forget, but you can remember that God brings good out of bad and that God is able to use the hurt that we experience to redeem it into something that is beautiful and good and true. So forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness, resuming the relationship without change. If it is not forgetting what happened, if it is not conditional, then what is forgiveness biblically? What is biblical, genuine, authentic forgiveness? What does it look like? Well, I'm going to suggest to you that forgiveness is a process that we craft into our lives that involves three major stages. Genuine forgiveness begins as I relinquish my right to get even, to get back. I give up that right. When you're hurt, you have a right to get back. But as a Christian, we give that right up. This is a radical notion here because in Jesus' day, the law of retribution was all the rage. If somebody struck you, you strike them back. If somebody poked you, you poke them back. If somebody took from you, you take it back. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The law of retribution. It, it makes perfect sense why that law should be in place. When somebody hurts us, we want to get back. We want to hurt the person who hurt us because we hurt. And that's one of the ways that it comes out kind of twisted. Like the elderly woman who decided to have her portrait painted. She told the artist, I want you to paint me with diamond necklaces and, and diamond bracelets and rubies on my rings. The artist looked at her and said, but you're not wearing any of those items. And she said, I know, but I'm pretty sure that if my husband dies before me, he will remarry. And I want that next wife to go crazy looking for that jewelry. kind of preemptive revenge, right? Getting in front of it. Revenge may look sweet, we might fantasize about it, but ultimately it tastes bitter, and that bitterness can make us bitter people. Study after study reveals that people who choose to forgive exercise and experience a dramatic reduction of hostility and anxiety and stress People who forgive have fewer mental and emotional problems. Couples who forgive often have happier, healthier relationships. So real forgiveness begins as I relinquish my right to get even. It continues as I respond to evil with good. And this is what Jesus talks about in the next passage. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, it's pretty clear, isn't it, that this is not a suggestion. Jesus is saying, look, if you want to be my disciple, you must love your enemies by going the second mile with practical acts of mercy, even when they don't deserve it. Now, you may say, Chris, that's, 
That's just so unrealistic. You have no idea the hurt that happened to me. To which I would say, you're right, I, I don't. But I do know this, you can't get on with life until you let it go by relinquishing your right to get even. And that often comes out in subtle ways, doesn't it? We relinquish the right to get even and we respond to evil with good. And you say, well, Chris, I just don't, I, I don't have that in me. I just don't. To which I would say, you're absolutely right. You do not. You need the love of God illuminating your life. You need the compassion of Christ alive in you. You need to learn to live and walk in the light of God's love. How do we do that? Well, we relinquish our right to get even. We respond to evil with good. And the last step is perhaps the most challenging of all. I repeat that process as long as necessary. When Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who hurts me, who sins against me? Should it be, he says, seven times? Seven times. Now, in Jewish law, if you forgave someone three times, you were fulfilling the law. There was no more work to be done. Nothing necessary. And so he thinks to himself, okay, three plus three, I'm going to double it, and I'm going to add one for good measure. Seven times, Jesus. How's that sound to you? And Jesus, you know what he says. No. You forgive your brother or sister 70 times 70. It's hyperbole. It's an exaggeration. In other words, you keep on doing it. You keep on forgiving the person every time the hurt surfaces. Every time you see that person, you say, God, that really, really hurt. It still hurts, but I'm going to stand in love. I'm going to stand by forgiving. I choose to give up my right to hurt them back. I choose to take a different counter stance, one of blessing, one of blessing. Jesus wraps up this section by saying, love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Love and mercy and grace are at the very heart of God. It is the true reality in the universe. And as we receive God's abounding mercy and forgiveness and love, we are called as children of God to reflect our Father's likeness by showing mercy, love, and forgiveness. And as we reflect God's loving mercy to others, we become a kind of epiphany for the other person. And this can be very powerful. What? What kind of love is this that he would forgive her, that she would forgive him, that I could... F what, what, kind of, what? what kind of love is this? What kind of forgiveness is it? Is it possible that God could forgive me? These are the doors and bridges that the Spirit opens and builds relationally as we step out in this act, in this craft of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a command, make no mistake about it, but it's more than a duty. It's a way we join God in the renewal of all things, including our relationships. And in this way, we partake of shalom, that peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that peace of God that guards our hearts and minds, that peace of God given to us through Christ. And as we pass that peace along to others, that shalom, an epiphany, even through flail, boy, that's a, that's a hard word to say right now, flawed people, thank you. <laughs> you know, when you don't preach for a while, you lose some muscles, I think. <laughs> so I'm regaining my muscles here, I guess. But what I'm trying to say, and this will wrap it up, 
When we pass that shalom along to others, it can be a powerful epiphany by the power of the Spirit. It can be a sign of renewal, the renewal of all things that God is working even through flawed people like us. Thanks to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Perhaps new words for you by the familiar hymn. Put to those new words. forgiving love, we pray for the church and the world and all those in need. Thank you for bringing us into being and for this stunning creation. You see us and you care for us and for all that is. Let us remember that you care and that you call us to steward this creation so it reflects your loving hand. Guide us in this stewardship work, keeping in mind that generations yet to come, God of grace and forgiveness. God of wholeness, there are scars seen and unseen in our lives. We call on you, giving thanks for your ever-present acts of grace and healing in our lives. Look with compassion on those who long for healing and relief from distress, and especially for those we name now, either silently or aloud. Support them with your love and lead us to be healers for all we encounter. In the name of Christ, God of grace and mercy, forgiveness. We give thanks for the blessings of this life, especially for those we name now, either silently or aloud. God of grace and forgiveness, we remember those who have died, especially Betty Lehman, at her passing 
this week and all saints who bore witness to your light, remembering those we name now either silently or aloud. God of grace and forgiveness. We pray for those who fear war and conflict in Ukraine. Let us be united as we pray for leaders of the world to seek ways that bring peace and safety to people and treat all people with dignity. We also pray for people who are hurting for fear challenging situations. We pray for the people of Madagascar who have been hit by a cyclone and those in Brazil and Colombia devastated by severe mudslides. God of grace and forgiveness. Guiding God, we know what is required of us as your people to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly in your ways. Give us the foolishness to think that we can make a difference in our world so that we will do the things which the others say cannot be done. Trusting in your mercy, grace, and forgiveness, we bring these prayers to you, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. I'm going to be happy when we can do away with these masks. And we are one day closer, as you know. We are one day closer, <laughs> one month maybe away. Uh, and I'm totally uh, caught up here. figured out sooner or later. We can put this on. I'm just not sure about the mask. Uh, good morning. morning. Thanks to the Bell Choir. Wonderful to have the Bell Choir playing for us this morning. Uh, announcements. Uh, we, have, we have the announcements on the back side of the service now. Putting the service in there for you. So you can follow along. Announcements on the back side of that. Uh, thanks to Altar Flowers. The beautiful Altar Flowers. Uh, Terry Hackstrom, Molly Lyle came in yesterday and put those up. We're very thankful for that. Carb ministry, uh, every week, check those out. If you can send a carb once in a while, it's really important. Uh, sometimes there's people in the hospital. Sometimes it's just people who aren't getting out much. Uh, so you don't need to know a lot of details. You just send them a card and say, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, and that helps boost their immune system and makes them feel a lot better about life. So we'd encourage you in that way. You heard the announcement that Betty Lehman died, uh, one of our uh, last charter members, uh, the last adult charter member of our congregation. We're going to be remembering Betty next week during both of the worship services, uh, not in a long, drawn-out way, but just a little bit in the middle as we uh, honor her life and remember her place here uh, in uh, our congregation.
Uh, Sunday school in the Dolph Forum down the hall today. Uh, Pastor Tom Kidd's going to be down the hall uh, talking about something, right, Tom? Something. Something. He's <laughs> he's still thinking about it, and uh, he'll. <laughs> so you can meet him at 9.15 down in the fireside room. Uh, after the service, there's going to be cookies and coffee in uh, the fellowship hall. Um, this is Black History Month. You knew that already. Black History Month uh, in our country, we're celebrating that. And during the communion today, Carl's going to sing Lift Every Voice and Sing. Uh, that's a song that we've been singing around here for 30 years, uh, but he's going to sing it during communion as we're coming forward. Uh, it was written by James Weldon Johnson, the lyrics, and his brother, James uh, or J. Rosamond Johnson, wrote the music. And uh, so as we're coming forward to receive the body and blood of Christ, remember that God so loved the world, the entire world, color, race, gender, none of that plays any part in God's love. And so I just uh, encourage you to kind of enjoy that uh, song as we remember Black History Month. Now, what can we do? Uh, well, you did something this week. Uh, you, you sent a check for $1,000. $1,000, we sent a check to Bethlehem Lutheran Church in New Orleans. It's one of the oldest black Lutheran churches uh, in the United States going back to 1888. And this church that uh, exists in poverty mostly in this very poor area of New Orleans, in the midst of that, they're endeavoring, they've endeavored to build uh, some affordable housing for some of their neighbors who can't afford housing. And so we decided to come alongside them and send them $1,000, which was matched by another donor. So, uh, so we're, thank you. Thank you for that uh, this morning as well. I'm going to call on Deacon Amy, our Director of Christian Education. Good morning. All right, so bulletin has changed up a little bit. You'll find all of the uh, children, youth, and family news on a half sheet now that's on the Narthex table. So if you want to know what's going on with our kids, be sure and pick that up. We've got a lot of great things happening. Um, confirmation class is meeting today after the second service. And our Wednesday middle school youth group will meet on Zoom this week. Next week we'll be back in person. Um, we are still taking signups and getting ready for our summer trips. Our middle school students going to Camp Luther Haven on Lake Coeur d'Alene in Idaho, and then our high school students traveling to Flathead Lutheran Bible Camp in uh, Montana. So information and sign-up sheets for those things in the gym. And then starting this Tuesday, we have a new high school group. We'll be meeting at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. And this is kind of a mental health check-in. Um, as you all know, this last couple years has been Hard. It's been really hard for all of us, and I think it's been especially hard for our kids. So this is a time for high school students just to come together and talk about that, and talk about how hard it's been, and talk about how we move forward. So um, if you have any anybody in your life that might be interested in that, please send them here Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock. And then also there's a new adult education brochure out on the table in the narthex, this blue one, and that uh, has all of the topics and speakers through the end of March. So lots of good things coming up. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Deacon Amy. A lot of things going on in the church, and we're looking forward to uh, uh, recharging our congregation as we move out of this pandemic here at some point. So we're thankful for that. Uh, Pastor Chris, thank you for that beautiful sermon. Uh, we're trying to decide, you know, how to thank you for that. We had a car picked out, a trip to Hawaii, but we decided on a shirt, um, a Trinity T-shirt, and it goes with your, uh, it goes with your sermon. So this is a gift for you. It's a gift. <laughs> I would now invite you to stand as we uh, move uh, towards this table for the celebration of Holy Communion. As we gather around this table, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. It was the night when he was betrayed. And on that night, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. He then broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said to them, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. We pray now as Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a table that welcomed your parents and grandparents. This is a table that welcomes Christians across the globe of a variety of denominations and colors. Know that you are welcome here always. No matter where your journey's taken you, you are here today. If you've never worshiped or had communion with the Lutherans before, you are welcome today by the invitation of Jesus. You'll come down the center aisle, hold out your hand to receive the body of Christ, then move out to the station where you receive grape juice, the blood of Christ shed for you. All are welcome. Please come. You may be seated. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the Bitter the chastening. 
Come to the place for which our people sighed. We have come over a way that with tears has been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Out from the gloomy past, Till now we stand at last Where the white gleam of our bright star is cast God of our weary years God of our silent tears You who has brought us thus far on the way God who has by your might strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Amen. And now, fed and forgiven, you will go out those doors to make a difference in the world. As you go, know you don't go alone. We go together and God goes with us. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending hymn, uh, Light Dawns in a Weary World. Mm -hmm. 